Hello and welcome back to the Church of Jesus Christ study session with Come Follow Me. I'm your host, Matthew Roberts, uh, and this is, well, we're in season four, uh, and this is going to be episode 254 and 255 joined together. Uh, as you will have noticed, uh, regular, regular listeners, we had no episode yesterday. Uh, family was very busy yesterday and also um, just a bit of illness as well, actually, despite being busy too. So it's just been a bit of a full on couple of days. So going to uh, cover off the rest of this week's study in a double episode today uh, before we go into our Monday episode uh, tomorrow where we take a break uh, from the Come Follow Me study for that day. Um, so yeah, episode 254 to 255, studying September the 19th to September the 25th in the book of Isaiah, specifically chapters 40 to 49. Uh, and today we're going to begin with Isaiah 47 and go through to the end, looking at how God's power is greater than worldly power, uh, how we are his servants and how, who the servants are that are referred to in these chapters, as well as knowing that Jesus Christ can bring us comfort and hope. All of this coming together in the last few chapters here. So in uh, chapter 47, I'm not going to cover too much in this chapter actually, but uh, there is a couple of verses I want to share here which stood out to me personally and obviously if there are other verses that stood out to you then please do share them on the Facebook group Church of Jesus Christ Study Session with Come and Follow Me or you can email session at gmail.com uh, but for me verses um, 10 and 11 or rather really verse 10 uh, which stood out to me it says for thou hast trusted in thy wickedness thou hast said none seeth me Thy wisdom and thy knowledge, it hath perverted thee, and thou hast said in thine heart, I am, and none else beside me. I thought this is interesting because in this section here, it's talking about how um, the the power of the world, we may think, you know, whilst we are in the world, it is of great power and is of great importance, and how, you know, if people don't see something that we do that we shouldn't have, then it's okay, we can just move on from it, but... Uh, the Lord's power, of course, is the blessing. It, the Lord's power is the thing which we need in our lives to br- truly bring us comfort, peace and hope. Um, and it's just something which we need to be aware of that as we move forward, just to see ways that we can try and make sure we are making the right choices on, uh, make sure that we are on the right path. Um, so moving on to chapter 48, um now to kind of conclude 48 and 49 it starts off with the lord talking to israel about how um he has a plan uh, his purposes for them but he also knows that they have been uh, awkward or stubborn or slow to to remember him uh, in fact it says in verses uh, three to four uh, I have declared the former things from the beginning, and they went forth out of my mouth, and I shewed them, I did them suddenly, and they came to pass, because I knew that thou art obstinate, and thy neck is an iron sinew, and thy brow brass. Now again, thinking about how Isaiah's prophecies and words work, uh, they often have multiple meanings. Of course, he is speaking to the children of Israel, the um, people who uh, were slow to remember the Lord and have been. I mean, of course, that's one of the main things we've been seeing as we've studied through uh, the Old Testament is just how um, slow at times the people were to remember the Lord, uh, thinking in particular that in the reign of the judges and other times like that. Um, but of course, this applies more to just that um, circumstance or context but it can occur in our lives, I'm sure, as well. Not necessarily all the time. Perhaps there are periods in our lives where we are 
more focused and more receptive to hearing the word of the Lord and uh, changing and adapting to what he has asked us to do. And perhaps there are other times where we are less uh, willing or less able perhaps to listen because we are distracting ourselves with other things that um, do not have um, eternal significance in our lives. I'm sure we can all think of things in our lives right now that we sometimes engage in or focus on which ultimately are not going to matter in the long run. And so I think that that is something which we can all reflect on and consider when we're thinking about the Lord and his reaching out to us um, to offer support and strength as his servants. In verse 10 of Isaiah 48, it says, Behold, I have refined thee, but not with silver. I have chosen thee in the furnace of affliction. We know that difficulty, trials, hardships are what help us to grow even more. Elder D. Todd Christopherson said, quote, It is challenging but vital to remain firm and steadfast when we find ourselves being refined in the furnace of affliction, something that comes soon or late to all of us in mortality. Without God, these dark experiences tend to despondency, despair and even bitterness. With God, comfort replaces pain, peace replaces turmoil and hope replaces sorrow. Remaining firm in the faith of Christ will bring his sustaining grace and support. He will convert trial into blessing and, in Isaiah's words, give beauty for ashes. We'll come back to that beauty for ashes phrase in a later study because I think that's a really beautiful uh, analogy, which we'll we'll talk about in a bit more detail. But for the purposes of this study uh, today, um, obviously, we see here the clear meaning and message behind what Isaiah says about the furnace of affliction, that it's, it burns, it is painful, but it is changing and refining. Uh, and we see that if we follow the commandments and we seek to follow Christ, then not, we're not going to be removed out of that furnace, but we can receive peace and, and uh, calmness from him. In fact, uh, in verses 17 and 18 of Isaiah 48, it says, Thus saith the Lord thy Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel, I am the Lord thy God, which teacheth thee to profit, which leadeth thee by the way that thou shouldst go. O oh, that thou had, ha- had hearkened to my commandments, then had thy peace been as a river, and thy righteousness as the waves of the sea. Um, I think it's interesting that we have this uh, this analogy of water, and how we've got two different types of water here, and I think there's meaning and, and a purpose behind it. There's a purpose behind every phrase, and analogy and simile that um, Isaiah uses. Uh, but with this one, I like how it's, it describes peace as a river, but also righteousness as waves of the sea. And you can imagine that the waves of the sea are, you know, they are unending for a start. They continuously flow and wave and web, ebb, I should say, not web, uh, in the sea. So, you know, the right, your righteousness can be everlasting and bring continuous peace and and nourishment and fulfillment but also they can be powerful and as you are righteous then more power is brought to you and so i like this kind of juxtaposition of the the peace of the river and the way and the righteousness as waves of the sea the power that comes with that um of course we know that that can bring comfort and peace and strength in times of difficulty not that the times of difficulty will be removed but that we will be given the tools and the support and strength to overcome them, to conquer them, to be able to use them as the experiences that they are supposed to be, rather than, like was said earlier, becoming bitter uh, and despondent through these things and just white-knuckling to get through those trials and difficulties, but rather seeing them as 
indeed a challenge, but one which will bring growth and opportunities and blessings further down the line uh, once we can overcome them with, of course, the support of the Saviour, which we couldn't do without. Uh, and we couldn't have that outlook without him either. So now uh, we're going to move finally into uh, chapter 49 and quite a few things here. Uh, that I want to touch on. Um, this is a beautiful uh, chapter with a number of things in it. Firstly, uh, in verse 1 it says, Listen, O isles, unto me, and hearken ye people from far. The Lord hath called me from the womb, from the bowels of my mother. He hath made mention of my name. So this um, could be referring to Isaiah and about the, the important thing he's about to say and how people need to listen to it because the Lord has called him. It could be referring to the Saviour being called before he was born. Uh, and before he came forth from the bowels of his mother, um, of course, in, in the miraculous conception that he was. Um, but I want to focus on how it says Isles of uh, the Isles. Um, this is where we get uh, a great, interesting insight from a Book of Mormon prophet speaking about this. Um, in Second Nephi chapter 10, verse 21, it says, uh, but great are the promises of the Lord unto them who are upon the isles of the sea. Wherefore, as it says isles, there must needs be more than this, and they are inhabited also by our brethren. So there is a insight here from Jacob. Uh, it is in Second Nephi 10 that he has studied the words of Isaiah and he has learned and, and kind of felt that as it says isles, there must be multiple uh, inhabitants, people who have gone and are scattered as they are uh, where they believe they are on an isle of the sea right now in the in the new world uh, and that the gospel will be able to be given to them. This is a worldwide global uh, gospel, one that is able to be reached um, and, and accessed by all of God's children. So as we go through this next bit now, uh, which I think is some of the most beautiful um promises and comfort that we get from our saviour through the words of Isaiah here. Uh, let's consider that as we recognise how this message is for all, no matter how far you are um, geographically from the person that is saying it, or how far you are spiritually. And I think that that is an important message we sometimes overlook when we think about the scattering, is that yes, it is indeed a very physical thing, but also spiritually, are we not all scattered at times in our lives away from the covenants that we have made? Um, the Lord is inviting us all back to him, whether it is a geographical or a spiritual distance that we have put between ourselves. Uh, and, I, and I think that it's uh, important that we think about that. So in verse 13, it says, Sing, O heavens, and be joyful, O earth, and break forth into singing, O mountains. For the Lord hath comforted his people and will have mercy upon his afflicted. But Zion said, the Lord hath forsaken me, and my Lord hath forgotten me. So there's a little conversation going on here between the Lord and, and Covenant Israel, that he is saying that his mercy will be on all the afflicted. He will comfort his people. But Zion, are, but the people are wondering, you know, have said that they think that the Lord hath forgotten them. And then we have verses 15 and 16, which are some of, you know, some important verses to consider when we think about how the Lord does not forsake us. He says, can a woman, a woman forget her sucking child that she should not have compassion on the son of her womb? Yea, they may forget, yet I will not forget thee. The Lord is saying that like, he will never forget his people. It is more likely that a woman who has a newborn child uh, to support and, and sustain, it is more likely that they will forget them than it is that he will forget covenant Israel. And, when, and that involves all of us. That involves anyone that wants to come to Christ. 
uh, we can all be adopted into this into this house, this covenant, uh, and all of God's children are invited. So he will not forget any of us. The idea that a woman who has a newborn child forgetting to sustain and strengthen that child is obviously ludicrous. That you know that would never happen. But the Lord is saying that is more likely to happen than he forgetting us. And that just tells you just how incredible that promise is. Elder Jeffrey R. Holland said, quote, Today I declare from this pulpit what has been said before, that no love in mortality comes closer to approximating the pure love of Jesus Christ than the selfish love of a devoted mother has for her child. Uh, when Isaiah, speaking messianically, wants to convey Jehovah's love, he invoked the image of a mother's devotion. Can a woman forget her sucking child, he asks? How absurd, he implies, though not as absurd as us thinking Christ will ever forget us. Close quote. These are words which we need to remember in those moments where we perhaps have made mistakes or where, or even where we haven't made mistakes, but we just feel distant uh, from our Saviour. We need to remember these words and this um, motion that the Saviour is trying to put into our minds, that he will never forget us. In fact, he cannot, because in verse 16, and this, I think, answers the question of the marks in the Saviour's hands. Behold, I have graven thee upon the palms of my hands. Thy walls are continually before me. Susan W. Tanner said, quote, The Lord has promised that he will not forget us because he has graven us upon the palms of his hands. And our promise to him is that we will not forget him for he is engraven, we, for we have engraven him in our hearts. Close quote. The print of the nails on the Saviour's hands when he was resurrected, you would presume would have been removed, that he would have no blemish, that he would have been without spots and he would be made whole and complete physically as well as all the other as aspects that he was made complete. But no, he still has the, the palms, the, the prints of the nails and the palms of his hands. He has still graven them and left them engraven on him as a reminder token to us that he will never forget us, that when he even looks at his hands, he will be reminded of the love that he has for all of us. And of course, he doesn't need a reminder, but it is a a symbol. It is a token that uh, we that we need to understand the importance and the magnitude of that they will be there to to remind him to, to remind us that he will never forget us. Will will they be cleansed one day when when all is said and done? Perhaps uh, I don't know. I, I I don't know well enough to know the the additional. I mean, of course, it's not a core doctrine to know that, uh, but the. The esoteric doctrine around that it's not important for my salvation to know whether that will happen or not um i'm sure some have probably commented on it in the past uh but it is something which um for me to know now is important that he he has graven us upon the palms of his hands uh so that he will always remember and, and love lovers now there's even more so we we skip ahead a little bit because we're running low on time uh, but in verse 22, it says, Thus saith the Lord God, Behold, I will lift up mine hand to the Gentiles and set up my standard to the people, and they shall bring thy sons in her arms upon, and thy daughters shall be carried upon their shoulders. So this is speaking of us today. Um, and it can be speaking of us individually when others support and strengthen and bring us back. The Gentiles, of course, are people who are not born as covenant Israel. And many of us will, that will not be the case. Um, but those that are, I think as well, it's referring to the fact that the gospel will be brought forth in the last days uh, and the covenant Israel will be gathered together. 
Uh, and I think that this is a wonderful piece to kind of consider when we think about the importance of bringing about the the gathering of Israel, uh, which is something I'm thinking about and reflecting on right now. So this is a great part of a study for me. Um, and this can, and this applies to us. We are those Gentiles that are bringing forth the sons and daughters carried upon the shoulders. Um, Paul K. Cybrowski said this, quote, As we care for the one, brothers and sisters, we see the fulfillment of that prophecy. Can you see how you have been carried in the arms and on shoulders, carried to safety? What would our saviour do with the opportunities that we have to affect the one? As we apply that principle, if Christ had my opportunities, what would he do? Our decisions in life will be Christ-centred, close quote. I like the fact that it says in verse 23, And kings shall be thy nursing fathers, and queens thy nursing mothers. They shall bow down to thee with their face toward the earth, and lick up the dust of thy feet. There's again a number, a number of possible fulfilments and references uh, in this phrase. But for me, one new one, which I was kind of thought led to think about, was we know that in the temple we are promised that kings and queens will be the titles that will be given to those who live for covenants who are made in the temple. Um, and perhaps, again, it is referring to those people who have been uh, able to receive the blessings of God from the from the house of the Lord, that they can then go out and bring others and support and strengthen them in the faith, um, just as another possible way that that can be interpreted. Uh, that is a, a great blessing that can come. And finally, in verse 25, for thus saith the Lord, even the captains of the mighty shall be taken away, and the prey of the terrible shall be delivered. For I will contend with them that contendeth with thee, and I will save thy children. An important reminder, after the last few verses, that whilst our part to play is very important, and we need to make sure that we would do, try and do as the Saviour would do in any opportunity to interact and to bring others back to Christ, uh, we must remember that he is the one that fights the battle. He is the one that brings the power and strength to all that we do through the priesthood. Um, and again, that's not just referring to those who hold the authority of the priesthood. That is anyone who does anything to work together to bring covenant Israel together, then they will be able to access the power of the priesthood, the Savior's supporting and enabling power to help others. President Russell M. Nelson said, quote, Our rewards come not only hereafter, Many blessings will be yours in this life among your children and grandchildren. You faithful saints do not have to fight the life battles alone. Think of that. The Lord declared, I will contend with him that contendeth with thee, and I will save thy children. Close quote. We have many blessings and promises and opportunities in this life to see the Lord's hand, the Lord's graven hand in our lives. Um, and I just think that this chapter, this particular last chapter of 49, leads us into a beautiful section, which we'll be able to study next week, considering the Saviour, the blessings that he was able to pronounce uh, and to bring in his life when he came, but also the blessings that have flown thereafter since. Thank you so much for studying with us today. Please do join us tomorrow. And until we meet again. <laughs>